are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want you to turn tonight to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And then I want to read a few verses. Now I'll be through by 10, 11 o'clock, so don't worry. You don't just hang around. But what I started to say, no, we won't do that. But what I started to say, and I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4 with me too. In 2 Timothy 2 and Mark chapter 4. And I want to talk about uh, the God's blessed word tonight. You remember while you're turning, it got to my mind in Isaiah 55. Where the Lord said, as the rains come down, they don't go back. They go into the earth. So is my word when it goes forth. It'll accomplish that which pleases me. Then you remember another scripture there, and I believe it's Hebrews 4.12. Uh, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I'm just saying tonight, I want to add to those thoughts on the importance and the power of God's word. If, if we grab that thing, we'll be giving out more tracts. And I want to just, just share as I go along tonight some experiences the Lord's give me uh, through the blessed Word of God. Now here in, in Mark chapter 4, look at verse 29, uh, 26 with me. Verse 26. And he said, notice it now, so is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. Now we know Luke tells us the seed is the word. We know that, don't we? All right. Now notice this, verse 27. And should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear. After that the full corn in the ear. Uh, but when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. This is what I want you to notice. He's talking about the seed. He said, now the kingdom of God is likened unto a man that puts seed into the ground. You ever plant a garden and go out there two hours later and wonder why it hadn't come up? You never do. If you'll notice this scripture, the seed is sown. And then it comes up. The man goes out day and night. He looks at it. And uh, one day there comes a little sprout up through there. You see. Well, you know, you and I get discouraged sometimes because we may witness to somebody and we'll get saved right then. Some sows and some reaps, but God gives the increase. And what I'm trying to say is you and I need to realize how important it is to get the word out. Now over here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, as you know, Paul was in prison. Paul's facing death. He's writing to the young preacher, Timothy. Uh, I think I'll just come on down to about verse, uh, verse 8 and 9. Look at it. I was going to read all that, but save time. Notice what he said. Remember that Jesus Christ in, in verse 8, that's 2 Timothy 2. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. 
Now notice this. Wherein I suffer trouble. Now, if any man lives God in Christ, he's going to have persecutions. Right? Well, now Paul said, because of this, I suffer trouble. Notice. And he said here, as an ev- like an evildoer. Notice, even unto bonds. He was bound. You notice? But I want you to notice the last part of that verse. But the Word of God is not bound. The Word of God is not bound. And then if you remember in that fourth chapter, he's telling, uh, he's telling Timothy, that, uh, you know, I wish you could come and see me. And he says this. I'll read, just read you two or three verses here. And uh, let's see, in, in the latter part of it, he talks about in that uh, uh, fourth cha- the, the last chapter, Second Timothy. In verse 13, listen. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but notice, but especially the parchments. If I understand what he's saying, I'm bound here in this prison. And Timothy, you can bind me. And by the way, if you get to come, bring the word, you see. But that part there, I was reading this one day, and he said, but the word of God is not bound. Friend, you can't stop the word of God. You can't bind the word of God. I never will forget Oliver Green preached in 1966, a three-day revival for us. The reason I remember 66, he was driving a beautiful one of River Air Buicks. He pulled up in our yard on Monday, Monday afternoon. Got out and I said, that's a beautiful car. If you ever heard Oliver Green's voice, he's on radio all over the country now. Well, he said, thank you, thank you, Brother Bobby. And he said this. He said, I won a Buick dealer to the Lord, and I'll just drive it until I win me a Cadillac dealer. <laughs> he was kidding about the Cadillac. But he won the other. He won a man the Lord, he gave him the Buick. But he, he preached Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. We really couldn't take care of the crowds. It was in our other building there. And, uh, I mean, it was packed. And on Monday night, he said, The Lord willing, tomorrow night, I'm going to preach on what God has magnified above his own name. Why well, sit there, buddy? You know, pastor's supposed to know everything. And I thought, well, there's nothing above God's name. And as sure as the world, somebody will ask me tomorrow night before, then that's going to be embarrassing. I couldn't think. What God has above his own name. And if you've never read it, it's in, don't turn, but it's in Psalm 138, verse 2. He said, Thy word have I magnified above my own name. You know, if, if you and I could just grasp how powerful this book is, you see. We go out town and hand a man a tract. Somebody goes out on visitation and didn't see somebody saved, but they got to give them the word. Maybe they've never heard the word forth. You got to sow. But you see, it'll come up. That's what I'm trying to say. And that ought to encourage us to get the word out. You can't bind it. You can't stop it. You can't do it. It'll keep working. And it'll keep working. And that's something that powerful. We need to be stirred and, and, and get out there, if you will. And, uh, oh, I could say so many things tonight uh, about that. But I'm going to mention a few things. You remember Jeremiah said, uh, he said, God's Word, uh, he said, it's like a hammer that breaks a rock to pieces. 
You remember what he said? I believe it's in Jeremiah. If I couldn't tell you exactly, Ron Comfort can tell you where it's at. But it's in Jeremiah. Like the old fellow one day is preaching down in the Carolinas on the radio. And he said, uh, and the Bible said, and, and the Bible said, he, he said, I don't know where it's at, but it's in the Bible. You got it. He just kept preaching. <laughs> but he said it is. Jeremiah says it's like a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces. About three weeks ago, I was preaching down near the coast of North Carolina, about 200 miles from me, and a little church there a couple of nights. And uh, have you got that thing up here? Uh, could you put that up on you? Yeah. I want you to, I, want, I just, I brought the picture. I want to tell you the story right quick. I'm trying to say it's important to get it out. Don't get discouraged. Now you can't see good, but do you see that good looking black man, uh, black, that black haired man? <laughs> With that yellow suit? I remember I had a yellow suit. Let me tell you what happened. I was preaching at that church three or four weeks ago. On Monday and Tuesday. On Monday night, there's a fellow walked up and handed me a little billfold type picture. And he said, Brother Bobby, you know who that is? Well, I know that was me, you know. Bud Jones, that fellow's uh, battling cancer now. He's not able to get out and work. But he was a real good bus worker. And here I am, and you see them two little old boys beside of me. And then there's Bud and them two over there. Of course, that was one of our buses. And I said, yeah, where did you get that? And he said, you see that little fellow standing beside of you? And this man, I said, yeah. And he said, that's me. I'm 48 years old now. He said, I came to Gospel Light on a bus. I got saved. I was eight years old. And I got saved in your church. And now he's down there as a layman. One seemed like one of the one of the greatest workers in that church. And I said, boy, I'd love to have that. I said, I wished it was larger. And he said, I'll see you tomorrow night. And the next night, he brought it to me. And I was showing it to Brother Monty today. And I said, you know, God knows my heart. This is why. I, he said, I'll get that put up there. And what I wanted you to see is this. On your bus route, you'll see people make professions. You'll see them, somebody look like it worse, meaner. And you get discouraged and the devil says it's not working. But the Word of God can't stop. Now there's a man, he said it was 40 years. Our bus minister is 42 years old. He said it was 40 years ago. He said, little Bobby, I was 8 years old. And you loved me and stood there beside of me. I didn't remember nothing like that. And now he got saved there, and he's still serving the Lord. Two weeks ago, let's see, wait a minute, last Wednesday night, we closed our service, and I was standing talking. Here comes a fellow, looked like he's 45, 50. He said, hey, preacher, you remember me? Come up on the platform, introduced his wife. Now, this happened last week. And he said, told me his name, Scotty Anderson. He said, you don't know me. I used to live on Williston Road over here. My parents didn't go to church. And when I was a little old boy, they come by and brought me to this church and I got saved. And he said, I've been living away from here. And I've backslid. I've got married since. And one of our ladies had led his wife to the Lord two weeks ago. And he said, I got right with the Lord. I mean, the service is over. And he said, and he said I just left to join the church. He said, I, I went somewhere off summers anyway, and I've been baptized, but I've left to join a church. And, and, and 
And, and my wife would too. She needs to be baptized. And everybody's, you know, rambling around saying, hold it just a minute, service is over with. That's one thing about being an independent Baptist. You just do as you want to, you know. <laughs> and about two-thirds of our people still there. Service was broke last night, Wednesday night. And I said, stop right where you at. I said, get up here and tell your testimony. And he said, folks, I saved as a little boy here in this church. And he told me. 34, 35, 40 years ago. And he said, I moved away. And uh, he said, I haven't been living for the Lord, but I got right with God here. And my wife got saved two weeks ago and, and, and said, I'm just so happy. We was wanting to join the church. I don't know why it didn't come out during the invitation. And I said, take care of it right now. I said, stand right there. Get down there and support the people. And we pulled them in right then and took them in. And this past Sunday night, baptized his, his wife. I'm just saying all of that to say this. The Word of God can't be bound. Now you just remember that. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. Don't you get discouraged because you don't see everything all the time. It can't be bound. I, I want to say, number one, quickly, it can't be bound in the matter of bringing conviction. The Holy Spirit will take the Word of God and bring conviction unto your heart. He really will. Uh, the man, the last pastor I had, he went to heaven about 12 years ago, was a good man. He came from a, a home that knew nothing about the Lord. He told me many times, he said, my mother died. He said, I've been in church one time at a funeral. He moved, you don't know where Greensboro, you've heard of Greensboro, North Carolina. And he moved in Greensboro, and he said, I got my job at a Western Auto store. And he said, there was a man... Sent to me one day, said, Kenneth, let me give you something good to read. And it was one of them little tracks, four things God wants you to know. And he said, I took that. I was, he said, Brother Bobby, I was boarding there in Greensboro, one of them old big boarding houses. Most of them's gone now. And he said, I got so, I put that thing up, I read it, and laid it up on the mantel. What, I come in from work. And he said, I, I went through a very depressed time. I was even threatening suicide. And said, one afternoon, after I got off of work, he said, I went to my room and something said, why don't you get that little piece of paper down and read it again? And he said, I got to reading that. He'd already read it. Week two, he said, I read that little track and I read that little track. And I got on my knees. It told me that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, and I knew that included me. And he said, Brother Bobby, the best I knew how. I accepted him as my Savior. I got up and went downtown and bought me a little $2 Bible. He pastored three good churches before he went to heaven. He was my last pastor, a good man. It all started because somebody gave him a gospel track. Listen to me, bus workers, let me tell you. I believe that when we stand at the judgment seat, I believe a lot of us pastors that people think that we've been so great, our Lord is going to say, stand back. And you who've been out there and give your time and knocked on doors and gave tracks and go on and on and on are going to step up with a great reward. That's what I'm saying. And you keep giving it out. You can't stop the blessed Word of God. Let me just share a few things with you. One morning... I got a call from a lady. Now, we're eight miles out of Winston-Salem. She worked at the Haynes, Haynes Hosey, I believe. I did not know the lady. About nine o'clock one morning, she called the office. And she wanted to know if she could come and talk to me. 
And, and I said, well, yes, ma'am. When? And she said, I can be there in about 20 minutes. I'm going to get off work. You don't know me, but I know you. In a few minutes, a nice-looking lady, 35, 40 years old, walked in. And my daughter, you know, is my secretary, so she was there. And, and I said, have a seat. I, really, I was thinking this probably is somebody having family troubles. And I said, ma'am, what, what can I do to help you? Jean White was her name. And she put her hands up in her face and started crying. And she said, just tell me how to get saved. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Brother Ron knows Kerwin Baptist Church, my home church, is three miles from me. This is what the lady said two weeks, three weeks ago. Two women from that Kerwin Baptist Church over there came to my door and come in the house and talk to me and read some scripture and I didn't get saved. But she said, I can't tell you what I've got so I can't eat and I can't sleep. And I didn't know that preacher but I know you, and something told me this morning that if you get off work and go talk to Bobby Robertson, he can help you. Now, I told that pastor about it after that, and Brother Myers, and I said, Brother Myers, probably those ladies out on visitation, and they probably come back if you said, did you have some good business? I didn't have nobody say. But I said, you see what I'm trying to say? God used them to sow the seed. And you know it's not how, but God used that word to bring conviction to that woman to show her she needed Christ. And she got saved. And and she joined our church, by the way. She went to heaven a year or two ago. Had a wonderful testimony. Testimony. We've been on the radio for years in that area in the mornings. And you know, I'd get on, on not on the radio, but I'd talk, talk to through it, of course. And... uh I'd invite people to church. I'd never forget. And I'd say, you come out of Winston-Salem, eight miles, you turn so-and-so, and we'd be glad to have him. One morning I was telling all that before I preached, and I thought, I'm just going to preach from now on. I'm tired of every morning doing that. But now wait a minute, that same morning, listen, that same morning, our radio place was right up upstairs, and I come out and I come down the hall and went in my office. And just so I went in my office, the outside door opened and a man walked in. And I said, how are you? And he said, are, are you the man that was talking on the radio a while ago? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, I was, I was coming down the road and you, you told me how to get here. <laughs> and I said, well, come on in and have a seat. He sat down in my office. And, and, and then we sat there and talked a little bit. And, and he said again. About three times, he said, you told me how to get here. And I, I just followed your directions. And I said, sir, let me ask you. Look like he's one. I said, are you saved? And he said, no, I'm not. And I led him to Christ. He said he lived at Charlotte. Jack Hudson was pastor there then. And I told him about that church. And, and, and I, he lived some miles. He tried to tell me back in the country. I said, you have a family? He said, I have three children and a wife. He said, I worked for my father. He had a work clothes on. He was going, I don't remember what it worked. But anyway, he was coming down the highway and heard me talking and come by there. And I was telling him about north side there, different churches, and I, he'd have about a hundred miles to come. 
And, and I said, now you get in church. He didn't know where his wife family was saved or not. And I said, you get them in church, they'll hear the Bible, and you can get them saved too. He told me he would. The next Sunday, I teach the auditorium class how for years. And here's a fellow over here in a navy suit. Oh, he's dressed up nice. And uh, I said, we're glad to have uh, you as minister this morning. And he said, you, you forgot me. And I said, no. I said, now, have I met you? See, he had his old work clothes on. When he, he said, I'm the fellow that got saved in your office. And he said, I, I, I know I can't come this far to church, but I want to come up here today. Man, I told the people about it. We had a time. Now listen. Now listen to me. Three or four, three years or more passed, and I was preaching at Tabernacle Baptist in Greenville, South Carolina. Doctor Seitler was still alive then. Boy, he had me preaching two, Monty, two, two week meetings, and he sat up there. You know, somebody asked me one day. He said, "How do you like preaching, Doctor Seitler?" I said, "How would you like preaching Moses sitting on the platform?" <laughs> but anyhow. Let me tell you, one night, one night, here's the organ over here. I believe pianist here, and you come out like that. And the service is about ready to start. And I'm sitting like up here. It was in July. Here comes a man, three kids and a woman out. And they sit down back there. And he, well, I thought, who are you? You know how it is. You meet so many people. I slipped off the platform, and I said, he said, you hadn't forgotten me again. And I said, tell me, refresh me. He said, Brother Bobby, God's called me to preach. And we just moved to Greenville, South Carolina. And I'm fixing to enter the Bible college here. Listen, let me tell you something, folks. Get that word out. Get that. When you leave a track, I got me some news. I was preaching somewhere about a year ago. Could have been in, I think it was in Illinois. I don't know. But I like this track here. I, I, all the time getting track. And I asked the preacher, I said, could I, could I have that? And he said, sure. I said, you, you mind me using it? And, and he said, no. And I got our man to fix us up one. And it's a road going down. And it says, where are you headed? I like that. Where are you headed? And inside, then it tells you you're going to one or the other place and, and tells you how. And I like to leave them. Just leave one with her. The rest or something. You don't never know who may get that and read it. I got us two son-in-laws. My young one married my daughter, my youngest daughter. Well, they both find Christians. That's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met. He teaches a class there at our church. And he goes visitation. He works long, hard job, but he'll go visitation every Saturday. He works five and a half days a week, and he he teaches a, a young boys class, and he's out there working all the time. He was raised up as Episcopalian. But somebody gave him a tract 30 years ago. And he got saved through that. I'm just saying that, that, that you can't bind the Word of God. I could go on a lot of things. I, I heard Dr. Dehan at, at Temple years ago. Back probably about 68, 70. M.R. Dehan was preaching. Never will forget this. Dr. Robertson Introduced him. He had preached. This was the third time to give him an hour at a time. Now, not the same day, but three days. And Dr. Robertson, he, uh, he said, well, Dr. Dehan, this is his last message and he hasn't even mentioned it. It was a radio Bible class, I believe. And said he hasn't mentioned it, 
uh, said, uh, maybe you'll say something about it. Oh, Doc, I never seen a white-headed fellow. You know, he walked up and he said, how many of you folks ever heard a radio Bible class? Would you raise your hand? God bless you. Turn to Isaiah 53. Ronnie preached all three of those sermons in Isaiah 53. And that day, he got hung up on verse 10. It pleased God to bruise him. And he broke down. Dr. Dehan stood there and wept. i never forget this. He said, some of you deeper life fellas. He said, you better swim right there. You'll drown. To think that a God in heaven was pleased to give his only son to keep me and you out of hell. But he said this. He was stressing out getting the word out. He said, I was preaching somewhere some time ago. And a lady came up to me and she's a school teacher, public school teacher. And she said, you know, said we can read anything we want to. But we can't, can't try to explain it or discuss it. And said, Dr. D. Hunt, I've been reading Isaiah 53 to my class. And said, little boy come up to me some time ago and said to his teacher. Now the teacher's telling Dr. D. Hunt, is, said, who is that talking? He was led as a lamb to slaughter. Now, who is he? What is that about? And she said, well, son, you know, I'm not allowed to tell you anything. I just read it. That's where I'd have probably lost my job right there. <laughs> I don't know. But now he, this is what Doc said. And he said it went on for a week or two so. And that old boy came up and said he's smiling all over his face. And he said, I found out who that Isaiah man was talking about. He's talking about Jesus. Oh, if you and I could just some way get the word out there and leave it, God will use it. He'll use it if we'll do that. And then I want to say, number one, it'll bring conviction. And then it'll bring faith. Romans ten seventeen, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You and the Lord said, have faith. You and I just can't muster up faith. God's got to give it. But he gives it through his word. And I don't care how dark things may get. If you and I get in this book right here, God give us some faith as we need. And this book. God will use it to sustain us and to help us. It'll always, it's not bound. You can't stop it. It'll give you the faith. Now put down something else here. It'll give you assurance of your salvation. You remember in 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. My friend, I'll give you assurance of salvation. Thank God for feelings. But sometimes your feelings leave you. Back yonder in my earlier ministry, I, I don't know. They talk about these ladies going through a certain time of life. I think sometimes us men do. I don't know. I'm glad I was through my 40s, fellas. I mean, I was in my 40s that time. But what I started to say, I got real depressed. It's hard for a preacher Act like everything's doing all right when you don't feel like everything's doing all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was real depressed. I preached for Don Lyerly. If you may have knew Don Lyerly. And Don had, was in a liberal church and thought that the ministry looked pretty good. And he goes to some liberal college and gets out and is pastoring some liberal church. And some fellow young man from Bob Jones, he got, uh, he got a friend with him. And, and he preached for him, and he preached on, you must be born again. 
And he got saved, the preacher. Now, wait a minute. And he started preaching the Bible, and they throwed him out of that church, and he organized two or three churches in his ministry. He's still living, but he's not able to preach now. But Don, I was preaching for him. And I knew about that. And, 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 I, and I, I don't know, that night, I've never had something, but I went home that night after service and, and was un, undressing to go to bed, and soon might come, come over me and said, you may be like him. You may not be saved either. I never had anything hit me like that, Brother Ron. And man, I tried to shake it. And well, I went back yonder uh, once October the 24th, 1948. And, and back then, they didn't take the Bible and show you. I went up and fellows got around me and was praying. And I'd seen people get up and shout. And I thought, I guess it would hit me in a minute, you know. But it didn't hit me that way. So the thought, did you pray right? I had a battle. I went through that thing in my early ministry at Gospel Light. And, and I got to the place. Finally, I said, well, Lord, I said, I can't stand this. So I'll tell them Sunday morning, I just had never been saved. And then I'm going to turn around and get on the altar and get saved. The thought hit me, well, how are you going to get saved? Well, I'm going to trust Jesus. Well, who are you trusting now? Well, I'm trusting Jesus. I didn't know a man could get to that place. And I got John six forty seven. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. And I said, Lord, if I didn't believe that night in that church, I'm believing it now. And you said I got it. And thank you for it. And, and, and I got peace. And then I got to thinking, now, I was about to give the devil credit for how my life was changed. The Lord changed me. He, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. But I went through a terrible time then. But God gave me victory through the Word. Oh, Brother Baz Hooser, you wouldn't know him in our church. He's gone to heaven now. This is a true story. He told me about an old feeble preacher. Had been preaching for years. And he got a little mentally sick. And his wife said he stayed so depressed all the time. And she said, honey, what's the matter with you? He wasn't able to preach. And he said, well, I'll just tell you the truth. I, I, I may, may surprise you, but I'm kind of doubting my salvation. And his wife, this is a true story. His wife got the Bible to him. And she got in John 5, 24 with him. Verily, for I said, he that heareth my word, believeth on him that sent me after everlasting shall not come into condemnation but life. Anyway, his wife got that verse and they went over it and he said, I'm saved, I'm saved. And he got the victory. Now wait a minute. About a few weeks passed and his wife was in the kitchen doing something and he got gone. She couldn't find him. And the door was shut in the, in the bedroom and she opened the door and the old feeble preacher had his Bible Open, sitting on the side with his Bible up, up, up on the bed. Boy, she thought he'd lost it for sure. And she said, honey, what's the matter with you? He said, well, I've been having more doubts sometimes. And I figured the devil was in the darkest place in this room. And I just want him to look at John 5, 24. <laughs> let me tell you, folks. This book never changes. And you can stand upon what it says. 
Oh, Paul says, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that. I'm just saying you can't bind the blessed old book of, of, of conviction. And you can't bind it of giving you the assurance of salvation, my friend. I never will forget Scotty Law. Let me tell you this quickly. And i got to move along here. But these things just come to mind. Scotty Law means nothing to you. He, was, he came from the north and moved to Winston-Salem. He was a manager of a furniture store. He lived about three miles from our house. I missed him. He said, I don't know whether there's a God or not. But he'd follow me out to the house. Out of the, out of the house. And they'd always let me have prayer. And I got him to come into church. Him and his wife and three kids had come to preach him every Sunday morning. I'd go visit him. He didn't want for sure there was a God. But he was glad I'd come to see him and follow me to the car. And one night, we've had for the last 50 years, I guess, 15 or 20 men, we meet on Saturday night at 8 o'clock and pray for our service on Sunday. Just there at the church. This was on a Saturday night. Listen, it was in March. We got through praying and standing around talking. Old Scotty come in. And uh, he said, could I see you just a minute? And I said, yes, sir. And I walked back. And he said, I never did ask him why he went to our cemetery. He said, you told me if I'd asked the Lord to save me, he'd save me. And I've been down on your cemetery praying for an hour and he won't save me. Act like he was mad at me. And I never asked him why. I said, well, it's wait a minute, Scotty. And I got to John 6, 47 with him. I said, you know you're a sinner. He said, how well I know that. And I read that. He that believeth on me hath. And, and I said, you believe that? Yeah. I said, what you got? He said, well, I don't know. Well, I'd read it again. And finally, I, I, never, I remember this. I said, well... You are God one is mistaken in. Jesus said, He that believeth on me not hopes and feels but hath. Amen. He looked at me, forty seven years old. He was Catholic, really. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, You mean to tell me, preacher, that if I believe that I've got everlasting life, that's like, that's what it says. He reached over and grabbed my hand. He said, I'm gonna believe that. Whether I ever know it or not, that says I've got everlasting life, and I'm going to believe it. And about that time, bless God, he had a fit. <laughs> he did. I mean, he said, man, this is wonderful. He said, man, I've been to confessions after confessions, but I never had nothing like this. And we were standing back in the vestibule, and these men were down to the front, just standing around. And he come down with me, and he said, just got everlasting life, just got everlasting life, just got everlasting life. Shook hand there, what up? I said, Scotty, now we just got, we just got our baptistry in that old. And I said, you ought to be baptized. And I told him, he said, well, let's do it. I said, I said, we, we had well water. We got, we got the real water. <laughs> but I said, we have to start the first week and draw enough water. And I'm sorry, we don't have anybody baptized tomorrow. And I said, we don't, uh, we can't, no water in. He said, in the pond somewhere around this place. And, uh, I said, yes, Scotty, but I said, I said, now listen, you'll keep. Now, I said, I won't, I explained to it. I said, I said, now that don't have a thing to do with your salvation. It's an obedience. And he said, preacher, this is the first time I've been satisfied in my life. 
I want to do everything he wants me to do. And you said he wanted me to baptize. Can't I get baptized tonight? I thought old brother Will Heath, about two miles away, had a fish pond. I said, yeah. I said, you go home. I'm going home putting my overalls on. And I'll, I'll be over to the house in a few minutes. Ten, twelve of those men had been praying with me. They said, we want to go too. By the time we'd done that, you talking about cold. It was, it was cold. This is wintertime, you know. Just beginning of March. And I woke Mr. Heath up. By the time we'd done all that, it was about quarter to one in the morning. Sunday morning. And I woke him up and I said, now he come to the door and I said, Will, I told him the story. And I said, I'm going down you, down through your cow pasture. I'm going to baptize this man. And I didn't want you to shoot. I said, he said, let me get dressed. I want to go too. And so he did. <laughs> and he got, and, and he got his lights and we had flashlights. And, but this, this is a blessing. His wife and three kids were with him. And we went down and I got, you never baptize. You get baptized outside. You get your stick and you start in the water and you feel your way out. You see, you don't want to get in a hole somewhere. We used to always baptize that way. You get out there about waist deep, so I stood, and, and, and here he come. I didn't ask him good, but I've never heard Amazing Grace sung as sweet in my life. As those about 12 men stood on that bank at 1 o'clock on Sunday morning and started singing Amazing Grace. You talk about heaven coming down, and, and feelings was there. Bless God, it was there. And old Scott, he weighed 250 pounds. He come out, he come out there. And, 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 you know, when you baptize like that, it's, it's, it's kind of muddy down there, and you get your toe fixed in there. You know, I used, used to sometimes baptize a lady like this, you get sliding, and you have a time stopping her. And I got me a good toe hold, and I baptized old Scotty. He come up there, he's so happy. Went on home, and I went on home, took me a shower. Got in the bed about two, never even sneezed from it or anything. Went on fire. But it was cold, really cold. The next morning, the next morning, when my wife and kids, when we started in the door, here he come. Looked like he just lit up with his wife and kids. And I said, how you doing? He said, man, it gets better all the time. He said, preach, I ain't been in bed yet. He said, you don't know this, but he, listen, he said, you don't know this, but my wife, now this don't seem real, he said, there's 16 young'uns, her daddy is an old-fashioned preacher in West Virginia, and we had to call everybody. We called, some of them live in Ohio, and, I, and we sat there all night and called all night to tell them about me getting saved. That fellow went to heaven a few years ago, but I'm going to tell you what he'd do. He'd get a bunch of little boys and go out there to the hospitals in the parking lot and, and say, now you give these and you give these, and boy, he'd pass out track. He was so excited. One Sunday, one Sunday, soon as service was over with it, he run, he said, hey, look back here, look back here, preacher. And there's somebody going out. He said, see him? See him going out telling him? said, that man, he was fellow back to church. I said, yeah, I see him. He said, we're so beyond a passing out track and said, little boy, I'd give him money. He said, I don't want that. So I hollered and said, you ought to be ashamed, mister. A little boy cares that much, won't give you something. He said, well, give it to me. <laughs> and he showed up at church that morning. Let me tell you, brother, you don't buy this book right here. will let you know you've got old time salvation. You don't have to wonder about it. It's better than anything in the world you get.
I told you this morning, I told you this morning, some of you in my class, I was telling you about this man we got this ten and a half acres from. He had a, a row of, of buttons for he'd been hadn't missed Sunday school, lived right across the the little street there in Walkertown, been to Matthew's church all his life. And I said, Sir, just come in business sometime. We bought the land there where the corn, the ten and a half acres, all of you went there and meet you. But I told him about this morning. And he said, I'll do that. He got slipping down there for preaching. I can tell you all, most of the pew, big tall fella. It wasn't me, it's the word. And after a while, he'd go to Sunday school in that liberal church and slip down there and preach it. And one Sunday morning, here he come down the aisle. He said, I've never been saved. This book shows you where you're at. He said, I'm 42 years old, raised up in church, but I never knowed that I had to be born again. I've been his pastor 40-some years. His wife was already saved. Her daddy was an old-fashioned uh, Southern Baptist preacher. I didn't know him, but he was dead yet. But this man has got the sweetest testimony. And last month, he celebrated his 95th birthday. I've been his pastor for over 40 years. It wasn't me, but it's the Word of God. It got a hold of him. What I'm trying to say tonight, let's put more confidence in God's Word. Let's leave it. Let's leave it. You can't find it. It'll, it'll give assurance of salvation. And let me give you these thoughts I put down here and I'm through. It's a basic or a good foundation to base our our prayer life on. You understand what I mean? 1 John 5, 14, if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Have you ever prayed and something run across your mind, Lord's not listening to you? Why are you praying? I've had those times and I just stopped and I said, Devil, let me tell you He is. The best of my ability, I'm praying according to His will, and He said He hears me, whether I feel it or not. See, you can stand upon that. That don't change. I'm standing upon it. Now I put something else down. It's a light to guide us. The darkness cannot put it out. You remember in Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a light, lamp, a light into my a path, a lamp into my pathway. It's a light, a lamp to my feet, and it's a light in my pathway. We're in a dark world, a mixed up religious mess today. But this word, it will, it will show us exactly where to go and what to do. And you can't stop it. All the devils in hell can't stomp it out. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. Let me give you another thought. It's the only thing that will keep us from seeing. You remember what it says in 119 Psalm, verse 11? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might see. If we don't stay in this book right here, if we don't stay in this book, then sin, but this book will keep us from sin. That's what it said. It's a great book. And then you remember John 15, 3. John, uh, Psalm 119, verse 9. Where will shall a young man cleanse himself? By taking heed according to thy word. John 15, 3, you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. And then I want to say this. You can't bind it in the matter of service. Stand on the book. You remember in Luke chapter 5, Peter knew where those fish was out there. And he was fishing. 
You remember Jesus was out teaching and he had such a crowd. He got out, he got out into a, a boat. And when he finished, Peter was washing up his nets. They just don't bite no more. You ever hear them say you don't do it like you used to? I hear fellows say sometime, well, I know what the Bible says, but I don't think this thing of, of, of going door to door, you don't do it. You don't, you don't improve on what the Bible says. You don't do that. But listen, that, do you remember that story when Jesus said to Peter, after he got through this message, he said, Peter, let's launch out in the deep and let your net down. Peter really said, no things in need, Lord. I've been all out there. There's nothing there. But nevertheless, at thy word, we'll let it down. He had to call his buddies to come help and get them in. Where we feel it, where we don't feel it. And what I think about is what he said. And we need to go because he said go. Nevertheless, at thy word. Peter didn't have, he didn't have no faith to believe anything's going to happen. But when he went to what God said, it'll always work. I just thought of that verse. You can't bind the word of God. That ought to encourage us to give it out. You never give out the word. That it's ever returned void. It never will. And every time you get the chance to give somebody a track or whatever, thank God for it. You never know what that track may mean and how God will use it or whatever. So let's just remember bus workers keep giving out the word. Keep giving out the word. A lot of little boys like this one up here, you may want to win a D.L. Moody to the Lord. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon, you never know. You never know. So you just keep on and keep on. I told you this, and I'm going to quit really now. It's about 15 to 9. I told this when I, when I was here last year, year before, but I'm going to tell you again. I like to tell it. About four years ago, I got a, I don't think Brother Ron's heard, I got a letter, a nice letter. I could almost tell you what it says. I've got the letter at home. Dear Brother Robertson, you would not know me, but I used to come to Gospel Light Baptist Church on a bus. My father was an alcoholic, and my mother was living an awful life. And they fussed and quarreled all the time, and I thought I'll never get out of this mess. And one Saturday, somebody knocked on our door and said, My daddy went to the door and said, Do you have any children? They're not in Sunday school. We're running a bus through here. Love to have some children to go to church, go to Sunday school with us. And this letter, she said, my daddy said, there's my daughter. She wants to go. And I, he said, I said, that man talked to me and I come to church on that morning. And I kept coming, a little girl, and said, I got saved. But listen to this. This touches my heart every time I think about it. She said, I'd get on that old big yellow bus, Brother Bobby, and said, I'd sit there and look out the windows and bus went up the road. And I'd say, somebody loved me, don't they? I didn't think anybody loved me. These people loved me. they come by and see me on Saturday. they come by and get me. Somebody does love me. And she said, I got saved there, gospel light. 
And she said, I'm 28 years old now. I'm married to a fine Christian man. We have three wonderful children. God has called us as missionaries to Alaska. We have our support. We're fixing to go on a field. Please tell them to keep it up. Oh, my friend, one soul is worth more than all the world. Let's bow and have a word of prayer. Father, help me, give me more faith to believe the Word. Help me to practice daily what I've talked about tonight. I pray that you use this message to encourage every Christian here tonight. To always remember, you can't bind the Word of God. And to leave it, we can see victory after victory, like this little boy, eight years old. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.